Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Oh, there we go. Hey, welcome back to the BS in Life podcast. This week on the pod, we are talking about interview skills. We talk about the tips and tricks we've learned from all of our interviews and give you our best advice so that you can nail yours. Be sure to stick around to the end of the podcast so you can find out how you can get a shout out in next week's episode. Let's jump into it. I was in the car with Nay. We were driving to the DMV or something. But on the radio, they brought up an interesting topic that Ooh. I want to ask you about. Okay. Tips. Should you tip? Are you required to tip? What's your opinion on it? My rule is if like I'm being waited on, I tip. But if it's like quick service and they like bring the food to me and leave and that's it, then like I don't tip. I know people who think that tipping is like completely optional. (laughs) Like I'm not going to say names and throw them out there, but like. I've had experiences where the waiters have been absolutely awful to me or like my food has been absolutely awful and they have like not helped. And like in that situation, I do not tip. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm upset. Well, I, mean, I feel like it's not hard to have decent service. Like you check in on somebody, give them what they order, be friendly. And I feel like that's like kind of the end of it. I don't think it's like as easy as just like smiling and like bringing someone their food. Like sometimes like you get verbally eviscerated at a table and then you have to go to the next table. And like, I've, I've been there where it's like, you have a bad day and like, you just can't like, I'm sorry, there's no magic today. I ran out of pixie dust. Like... <laughs> Um, do you think like most, I, do you think most people are that type to like, or most people are, Hey, thanks about my food. And you're smiling today. Here's so tip. like the majority of people are like really nice, but the, okay. the people who aren't nice, they make are typically it. the loudest. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like one bad person can like ruin your, your week. Day. I had like days at Disney where I was just like, fuck this shit. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> Mickey's not <laughs> worth it. Like, <laughs> I was like, there's no more pixie dust. There's no more magic. I'm done. Um, <laughs> there's sometimes that like people just like forget that you're a person yeah. and just like lose it. And oh. so like I get that it's hard to like be that nice all the time. So I ever tell you about the time when I didn't tip enough at a, it was it not Yard House. What's that bar in Newport? Stag Bar. The one with like the big bright light. I went with a whole bunch of people. I think it was Dwayne's birthday or Megan's birthday or something. And we went and Bridget bought the first round of drinks. We finished them and I was like, all right, I'll get the next round. I go to the bar and I was like, oh, can I, I think it was like three, four tequila sours or something like that. Something simple. I closed, I closed the tab. I never leave the tab open. And the bill was like 35 bucks or something, 30, 35 bucks. I think I tipped like four bucks, three bucks, something like not a lot, but like, it's a tip like I don't have to tip yeah. you anything and I, I she sees it and she literally says that's it and she's like that's all you're gonna and she starts screaming she starts screaming like all right I, I put extra extra tequila in your drinks you're gonna be here all night all right I'll, I'll watch where like just loses her mind and I was like you know what I, Bridget came over and I was like you take the drinks and I just left I was like I'm never coming here again and I, from that from that day forward I never went back I will That's not stop. So aggressive. I will not stop until that place is shut down. <laughs> I was like, the thing is, if I gave like a zero tip, maybe you could have gave me like some a little remark, whatever. Cool. 
Yeah. But she like lost her mind, like turning red, screaming. Everybody That's like more than ten percent. I don't understand why she was so mad. I don't understand. Like, I guess because she gave me extra tequila in the drinks, and I was like, you know what? Didn't ask for it. Like, oh my god, it was it was it was terrible. I don't think you should ever have the right to scream at somebody because they didn't tip, or I mean, if they did tip at all, like in my case, obviously, I don't think you should. That was warranted. If someone doesn't tip, I still don't think it's 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 really not worth it. I don't understand anyone yelling at anyone for like any reason. Like I just, I don't like, I just, it's not worth it. And like, if they don't tip you and then you scream at them, do you think it's going to make them tip you more? No, probably not. They're just going to be mad and then you're going to be mad. So yeah, I don't know. But at the same time, I think you really, I think it's a good habit. I think when you go out to eat at a restaurant, you should expect to tip. Like you you should go and like expect that that's part of the thing that you're going to pay. And like, know that going in mm-hmm. i know people who are like um like i don't have enough money to like add tip and i'm like yes i we both like, know people i'm not gonna say their name but you know <laughs> we we both know people who <laughs> especially when you go out to to eat and you split the bill and the person just pays for their dollar amount on the menu oh that gets me so mad <laughs> like okay there's tax there's tip don't play <laughs> oh i like so i was verbally assaulted on our team for being an accountant when we go out to eat Nobody likes when I use my card to pay because they get uh, like, an, I'll literally send people pictures of the math I did. And it's like, I split the tip, the tax and everything to the penny. And then I like charge people. And it's not because I'm like trying to be an asshole. I just think like, that's how fair. it should go. Like, I don't want to charge you more an accident and I don't want you to pay me less. So like, I feel like everyone should just pay what they got to pay. But people make fun of me because, like, I, I really be sending like spreadsheets to people. Like, this is. <laughs> but I mean, some people me. you need you you have to do that. Like I said, we know some people. I'm not gonna say anything. You have to do that because they'll they'll do like I said and just if you ordered a ten dollar burger, they're gonna give you like it says ten dollars on the menu. They're gonna give you ten dollars, which that's not obviously you need to get more than ten dollars. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just fair, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Again, not worth like fucking losing your mind yeah but i know who these people are so when i go out i like i know oh yeah no i'm not i'm not one i'm not paying for them and i'm not spending the putting the bill all on me that can be somebody else i'll split my bill and pay for myself (laughs) did you know that we're at 38 million unemployment claims 38 is it just keep going up at the same rate uh no it's slowed but it's still i think we gained 2 million on the last like numbers drop i'm like oh shit so when does when is the economy supposed to open up again? Like when are the stay at home restrictions supposed to be eased? I up? think every state has opened up some restrictions mm-hmm. at this point. I saw this guy that went on Bloomberg, I think, and he said something that I've been thinking that I thought was just me, and I was like, oh my god, thank you, finally someone said it. <laughs> so everyone who's like a finance professional for the most part is saying like, we're gonna get right back into the economy, like it's gonna be fine, like. We'll have a few months of like, meh, but then like, we'll be back. Mm-hmm. And I have been of the camp that's like really scared of like a drawn out uh, downturn in the economy. And this guy went on and he said, 80% of the people that have filed for unemployment have labeled themselves as temporarily unemployed. So they think they're going to go right back. I really don't think that's going to happen. And I think a lot of these people who think they're going right back to work are not going to have a job to go back to. And when the stimulus payments and the extended unemployment run out, runs out, I'm really scared of what's going to happen. 
I don't know if people are going to be able to pay their rent. If they can't pay their rent, then the landlords are screwed and it just kind of trickles. From there. I think a lot of people are, are just assuming all these people are going to go back to work. I'm really nervous. What, what I'm kind of nervous about is that I know a couple of my coworkers and people that I know, the unemployment is more than what they were making before, like substantially. Yep. Substantially more. And so I, they're saying like they don't want to go back <laughs> and they want to just yeah. stay on unemployment for as long as they can. Yeah. And I mean, I can't say I blame them just because it's like they're making so much more than what they were or doing so less. Is, like, <laughs> like how can I, you... I don't blame, I don't blame anyone who's like, I don't want to go back. Cause like, mm-hmm. first off, you're making more money. Second off, you're not putting yourself at risk to get coronavirus mm-hmm. by going back. I, I definitely don't fault anyone for it, but it will be an issue. <laughs> yeah. There's just a lot of pieces to the, all this massive <laughs> unemployment that I'm like real nervous about. Yeah. And it's, it's not, I, I think I'm lucky because I basically have a job for the next year start yeah. and I have a start date and end date, but I'm also nervous because if it's as drawn out as you say, the school I'm going to central Washington, they just sent out an email saying that they're making some budget cuts Oh, and I, and I can't, my, my scholarship can't be cut because I already said in my contract. Okay. So I'm, I'm good for at least this year, next year. But I mean, next year, that's a new contract. And so if it's still as bad as it is, they could easily be like, oh, we don't have the funds to give you your position again. And that would be very, very expensive, like extremely expensive. I mean, oh, that would well, suck. It would be the same as if I paid for two years at a, at a, at a Cal State for one year at Central Washington, which isn't the greatest. I mean, it could be worse, but it's, it's still not. Yikes. But I mean, that's, that's a year away though. So I'm not, if you know me, I'm not one to really worry about stuff that far away. <laughs> yeah. I'm like the total opposite. I'm like rave envisioned into like 2021. Like how is this going to work out for everyone? <laughs> also happy news. Uh, <laughs> after 27 days on a ventilator, my cousin is out of the ICU and oh, on Monday that? he will be the first person to leave that hospital after being innovated. Really? So oh, I'm that's very awesome. happy. That's dope. Yeah. Uh, you, said on, you, you said on Monday? 50 pounds. What? And how many, in the, like what, three weeks? Yeah, 27 days on a ventilator. 50 pounds. That's a lot of a human to lose. That's a lot. That's a lot. But, I mean, that's good. He's, he's going to be back so far. So they good. He's, he's for every day that you want a ventilator, it is a week of recovery off of the ventilator. So he's going to be actually out of like the ability to work and like do things for a while, but uh, he's healthy and he's going he's home. So, okay, like, good. That's good. I'm not mad. Hey, that's that's a, that's a good note to end on. Yeah. <laughs> um, interview skills. I want to preface this for everybody listening. This is going to be Allie's show because <laughs> I told her my interview experience is sparse to say the least. I mean, I'm, this is going to be me asking Allie her take on things because I think she's done a better job at interviewing. Probably had a lot done more. A interviews. lot of interviews. A lot of interviews. Omar told me he did. He's done forty to fifty interviews. Oh, I, like, I haven't done that many. I've I done like. What? like 2530 I've done three I thought I only done two and they reminded me I did three and then she tried to save me but I was like oh well when you went to go visit the professors I'm um, at school that was kind of like an interview and like yeah it kind of was but no not really when I talk to a professor is it kind of like an interview yes it is kind of like an interview but it's more so like you're interviewing each other because if you're talking to a faculty member you're seeing if you want to work with them and they're seeing if they want to work with you. So it's like a two-way street. I mean, it kind of probably is the same way with like a job because you're going to have to work with your boss. But I mean, I don't think it's the same. So I think it's the exact same. 
Um, and when you go to a job, when you go to a sorority, when you go anywhere and you're being interviewed, as much as they are interviewing you, you are interviewing them. Okay. So like company culture is like a really huge part of like finding the right job. And if you're interviewing with someone and you can tell that it's not going to be a good fit, that you're not vibing with this person, that there's something they said that was like off, then it's flagged to you that like this isn't the position for you. For example, I went to probably my worst interview I've ever done. I hated it. I went to interview for Anderson Tax and I didn't really want to work there. I did like the bare minimum for this interview and I walked in and this guy was such an asshole and he said something along the lines of, do you remember the Enron scandal? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, when they broke up that accounting firm, they like broke off the tax division and that's us. And I was like, so you're actively compare, like including yourself into one of the biggest accounting scandals <laughs> in history. And it was just like the worst interview. And he was like so cocky and like rude. And I was like, I don't ever want to work for this company. <laughs> as much as they're interviewing you, you're interviewing them to see okay. if the company is right for you, if the company culture is a good fit, if they have the right benefits for you, if the schedule is what you want. It's a two-way street for sure. But I, th- I guess one why I, I say that is because during my interviews with like faculty mm-hmm. it was nothing like a traditional interview in my head like I didn't get the traditional like oh tell me about yourself or oh what are you what's your biggest weakness your biggest flaw you know so <laughs> those like classic questions I never got any of those it was so much like just a conversation between two people in the subject matter was school and exercise physiology mm-hmm. so I, it, can an interview be like that in say like a more formal job interview or no? Yeah, absolutely. So like the best interviews I've ever had have been super conversational and very just like talking to a friend. There's two kinds of interviews. There's like the behavioral, like, are you a good fit for the company interview? And then there's a like technical, like what kind of what Omar would go through mm-hmm. um, in accounting and marketing and all the, most of the interviews I've gone to, they haven't been technical interviews. They've been more like behavioral, like, you know, those stereotypical questions that you get, but like also just like easy conversation. Mm-hmm. So they'll look at your resume and then they'll just kind of like pick pieces and ask you about it, but not in like a, like a robotic way. It's really just like fluid. Um, when I went through accounting recruiting, a lot of them would harp on like sports just because like that's really interesting to them. And like, that's what they wanted to talk about. In my last interview, he talked about Disney because I had that on my resume and like, it wasn't so much as like a, tell me what you did at Disney. How is that going to apply to this job? It was like, how'd you like your job? Like why Disney? And then we talked about like both loving Disney and like a lot of the times they're very like conversational fluid and they're just trying to make sure that you're like a competent human that can work in their office that like they would want to work with. So would you say a more conversational interview is 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 the trademark of an interview that might be going better than one that was about more clunky and robotic? This is like all like based on personal experience, but like the interviews that I've gotten jobs for or that I've made to the final round have all felt very easy and very fluid. Mm-hmm. The interviews where like, it's just like question after question and you can tell like they're not interested and you're not interested. Those are my worst ones. For me personally, I can usually tell when I'm doing a good job and when I'm not. And like when I'm doing a good job, it's like really easy to talk to these people. I would say, yeah, the more it feels like a conversation, the easier it feels like the better you're doing. Okay. I'm always curious if there's like some kind of underlying game that an interviewer is trying to, not game, but like- A game. They they always start off with this question because if you say this answer, you fail. You know. <laughs> no, so that's the that thing. I feel like 
I feel like people think that there's like, you know, Yzma and like Ember's New Groove. She's like pulls the lever and like you drop. <laughs> like there's no like lever questions. Um, I've had interviews where I like totally mess up a question and I'm like, you know that that was the bad. I know that that was bad. Uh, oh, for example, at Orange Theory. So uh, before I got the job I have now, I went to interview at Orange Theory and uh, I have my resume is full of like social media, all that stuff, because like that's what I do. And this was for just um, like a front desk position. So I didn't think to look at their Instagram because like I wasn't applying for social media. And during the interview, he asked me, he's like, so I see you have a lot of experience in marketing and like digital media. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, what do you think of our Instagram? And I literally looked at him and I was like, I didn't look at it. <laughs> and he's like, why? And I was like, oh, I just like, I didn't get a chance to, to look at the Instagram. He's like, oh, I'm going to write that down. And I was like, does that mean I failed? And like, I made like a joke about it. Like, you know that, that I've messed that up and like, I know I messed that up, but they still called and offered me the job. So it's like, you just have to like roll okay, well, punches, I guess. Okay, so what's, what sort of research or things should you look up beforehand before you go into an interview? Um, okay. So it depends on the company you're going to. So if you're going to a big company, so when I was interviewing with like any of the big four accounting firms, <laughs> would research the questions that they ask in their interviews because the recruiting process is so, like it happens so many times every year that like there are no secrets like people mm. know what the questions are they post them and they talk about them so like you look up what questions do they ask you look up questions that are asked for the similar position so like starting level accountant interview questions and you look those up and just like you don't have to have rehearsed 30 second answer for each one but like just have an idea of like how you want to answer each question and like be prepared like know that that's coming for you go through their website Typically they have uh, like terminology or like their own little lexicon that they use. Um, I know for Disney, I am a Disney nerd. So I already knew how they talk before I went into my interview and I integrated that as much as I could. When I gave my examples, I wouldn't say customers. I would say guests because I know that that's how they refer to their customers. I wouldn't say this job. I'd say this role because that's how they refer to jobs. So just showing like flexing your knowledge about the company is huge and like it shows those that like you care and that you've done the research because if there's videos you can kind of get it like a better feel for like what the office is like what the company's like that kind of stuff and then if you know who's interviewing you you need to look them up don't you don't need to linkedin stock because they can see you <laughs> they'll probably have a profile on the company page go look at that i went into my interview at Travada and i knew that i was interviewing with the ceo the vp of sales the vp of operations and risk and my boss and so I knew everything about these people. <laughs> I knew that Brett had worked for a big four accounting firm. Then he went to uh, like work for startups. I knew that Dave went to Cal Poly. But like I knew like where they had worked. I knew things about them. And I knew that like if it got quiet, I could be like, so tell me about working for Deloitte or like what made you switch from the accounting process to like working for startups. And like I knew I had an, a way to revive the conversation should something happen. And then always have questions to ask them at the end. So you need to research mm -hmm. enough that you know something that you can ask at the end that's not like, so like, what's your favorite color? Like you need to have <laughs> like a well thought out question that shows that you did research. That's what that, that section is for. Okay. I think now that you say that, there are a ton of similarities between when I went in for my interviews and like an actual interview because I don't know, I don't even know, I think my framing was I want to ask these questions and get this information just because I want to go to a good school. But now that you say it, it's 
almost the exact same. Like when you're talking to a professor or faculty, you need to look at their research. You need to look at their interests and what they like and what research they've already published. Uh, you need to look at the curriculum for the school. And you need to ask questions about specific classes if you want to know about specific classes, graduate assistant positions, funding, stuff like that. And that's interesting because I, when I was doing these, I wasn't thinking like, oh, this is an interview. I always thought of it as just a meeting to learn about the school. I feel like some people think that these like the interviews have to be these like really robotic things and they're not. When I went through accounting recruiting, who remembers Allison from the last uh, podcast? <laughs> Allison from, uh, I was yeah. emailing her through the whole, whole process and I was like, I'm honestly like high key nervous about these interviews. And she's like, don't be. She's like, it's just a conversation with someone that you might work with someday. Like it's not anything other than like just getting to know the people and they're like they're getting to know you you're getting to know them like it's just a conversation and i'm like mm-hmm. true that's some good that, that's some good advice yeah allison was the best awesome. coming into this i had only remembered two interviews one for mm-hmm. the arc at uci and one for la fitness in mm-hmm. irvine and i only remember those two because they were so bad <laughs> they went terribly <laughs> LA Fitness, I was sitting in, in the waiting room and I could see the lady who was going to interview me and she was talking to somebody else and I'm sitting there and I, she was kind of taking a while and I look at my phone to look at what time it was and then the front desk was like, oh no, 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 put your phone away. It doesn't look good if, if she sees you on your phone before you go interview. And that totally obviously got me in my head. I was like, oh, what if she saw me? That's not good. Am I a terrible person? And so I just sitting there waiting and the person interviewing before me, they're laughing loud, having a great time. I was like, oh fuck. She's going to pick him. Like he, they're having a good time. Like, I'm not that funny. And so I go up there and it was just everything just fell down into shambles. It's probably the worst oh, interview no. I've ever had in my life, ever. And yeah, I didn't get the job. But another one that I actually did that was pretty good was for Biola for the strength position. Strength coach position. I, totally, I just remember that now. And that one was really well. That one went real well. But when I think of the ones that went real well, I don't think of them as interviews. I think of them as just like a good conversation. Talking about strength programs. Talking about techniques that you would use with different sports talking chop about you know different stuff like that and I did really well um okay so yeah I've had a lot of interviews because I've had a lot of jobs sorority recruitment was a lot of interviews I've never been a numbers girl my GPA my SAT my like all of the numbers that you look at on paper generally haven't been super high for me so interviews have typically been where I've like had to shine and I think for people who necessarily don't have the best GPA don't look the best on paper like the interview is where you like get the opportunity to sell yourself right I made sure I had a lot of extracurriculars coming out of high school as I went through college I was super involved in my sorority I held positions I was in track like I tried to bulk up my resume as much as I can so that when I go into that interview I have experience to talk about and I have things that will show them that I'm a good fit other than just those numbers generally I like to make all of my answers like funny and like not like bland super serious yeah I think it like sets you apart so like they'd ask me why accounting and I was I would tell the story about how I would go to accounting class with my mom when I was in second grade because she couldn't afford daycare so like I was like technically I got my my, like bachelor's degree in accounting a long time ago so I'm just like finishing up now and um yeah so I always try and like I don't know like add like personality to it they don't want to hear like a I am super smart and I want to like (laughs) they don't care and then attire you should always overdress for an interview so like you will not look stupid if you show up in a suit and they're not wearing a suit but you will look stupid if you show up in jeans and they're Mm -hmm. in a suit Mm -hmm. because even if you overdress it just shows how much that you care about the position so I would say always overdress 
always, if you're a girl, like do your makeup. I'm not a makeup girl, but like I always do my makeup. I always try and put in as much of a visual effort as I'm putting in a research effort because it shows. Mm -hmm. And on that same point, try and tailor your attire to the interview you're going to. So I went to a Lululemon interview. Jeez, I forget about like all. (laughs) I went to a Lululemon interview and I wore the Lulu suit pants and then like a blazer because like, you know, they're going to notice. And like, it says like, Hey, I like your stuff wearing it. (laughs) Yeah. Or like if they say, like if they tell you don't come in a suit, then like don't come in a suit. (laughs) I've had interviews where they say like business casual and like that is when you come dressed to what they said. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's pretty relevant with interviewing because you have what, how long is it regular? Five minutes. Five minutes to make that first impression. I mean, my shortest one has been like maybe five minutes. My longest one was like an hour. So they make that decision about you right away. And like it's either an hour of you just adding to that or an hour of you counteracting that first impression that they had of you. Yes. Everything about that first impression is super important. Yes. Yeah. And even though you can't see it under my suit jacket, I'm sweating bullets and my hands are like, <laughs> you know, like what? <laughs> like, like you can't show that. Yeah. You got to just, you know. And because, it. because it's so quick, a lot of it is, I mean, superficial. It's doing your hair. It's doing your makeup. It's dressing nice and it might sound fake and not okay and oh that's not me but I mean it's the way it is and so you need to prepare for what they're what's going to happen exactly they're going to judge you literally within 30 seconds you walk in that room they judge you on your handshake they judge you on the way you look the way you're dressed like the way you sit in the chair like it's it's all super important Mm -hmm. and Um, it's all like unspoken things it's all body language shaking hands stuff like that and so always 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 write a thank you note so if they don't give you their card at the beginning of the interview, you always ask for one at the end. And if you forget, you can ask the secretary on the way out because I've done that. <laughs> so yeah, always email them the day of the interview and send the thank you note and add something personal from the interview so that they remember you. So I've had one with the people from EY where I was like, had a great time talking to you about sports, blah, blah, blah. Congrats on that promotion that you just got, Allie. And then like he responded and was like, I had the best time talking to you. Can't wait to see you at the third round. And I was like, wait, did you just tell me that I got to the third round? (laughs) So like always include something personal and just say thank you because it's expected that you send the thank you note. And honestly, even though it's like an expectation, a lot of people don't. Mm -hmm. So it just shows that you care. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the same thing goes with interviewing for colleges too. I, see, I don't I don't even know where I maybe it was subconsciously, but I've never thought like, oh, send in, send a follow up email. Send, like I would send one to the professor, like, hey, thanks for showing me around. I think it's because I thought that because it wasn't a formal interview, really, no professor needs to meet you to see mm-hmm. you. Like they don't they don't have to do that. And for them to let me come over, talk with me, show me around, introduce me to people, I always thought it was such such a genuine act that I would, oh, hey, thanks. But I see the light now. I, like, <laughs> the other thing too is like it goes back to the like networking thing right so like you want to keep that connection you want them to remember you you want to make it further in the application process it just makes sense to like double tap like you like you go back and you're like hey it's me yeah, yeah. please remember me <laughs> always send it the same day always 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 send always it the same, same day same day don't send it the next day don't send it a week later you get home you take off your shit you run through the interview you're like damn i killed it you send the email I've definitely done it not the same day. <laughs> I mean, don't, don't I do mean, what I did. If but. it's not like a, if it's like an informational interview, I mean, like it's not going to kill you, but like generally okay. they'll make those decisions for hiring pretty quickly after your oh, interview. Really? So you want to send it right away. Oh, okay. What else do we have notes for? So typically they'll ask you to run through your resume, right? Um, whether it be like the tell me about yourself question or like, oh, tell me about the things on your resume. You want to know how you want to talk about it and have little, little blurbs for each thing on your resume. Mm. 
and know how you want to go through it. So I typically go through based on how important I think things are. You can go through chronologically. You can go through based on like how relevant it is to the job position, but just like be ready to run through your resume and know everything about your positions. And on that point, always bring three copies of your resume, three copies of a cover letter, three copies of references, because I've never gone to an interview where they haven't asked me for them. And if you don't have them, it just shows that you didn't prepare for your interview. Always have copies of the things that you sent in with your application. I've done these things. And I'm trying to think like, where did I hear this? Because I want to, I want to give like references just because I feel like that'd be nice. And I, 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 for the life of me, I can't think of where I heard this stuff. I mean, a lot of it just is like common sense, but like preparing for something, right? Like mm-hmm. you want to have backups of your stuff. You want to be 30 minutes early. For me, I always show up 30 minutes early at least. Uh, it saved my booty a couple of times. For example, I already told my boss's story, so I can tell it on here. <laughs> <laughs> I Googled the address to Travada and it was in the same area as like she had told me that their office was. So I went to that, the place I Googled. Funny story. Uh, they had just moved offices and had not updated it on Google. So I got there an hour early. I sat in the parking lot, ate my bagel sandwich, watched like eight YouTube videos. And then 20 minutes before my interview, close the door, walk on over. And I'm like, hey, where's Javada? And she's like, they moved like weeks ago. And I was like, holy shit. So I was on my phone and they had sent me the address in the email for the interview. And I was just like, oh, I'll just Google it. And it was like, up the hill around the corner. So it was like maybe five minutes away. And so I like sprint back to my car, get to this (laughs) office and park, get in the door. And I'm only like five minutes early. So like, um, always, always, always go early. It it saved me a few times where I've accidentally messed up and like no one had to know because I was early. (laughs) Like, Like I said, I've done a stupid amount of interviews and the more you do, the more you get better at answering those questions at coming up with stuff on the spot. Cause like you've answered so many questions before that you're like, Oh, this is kind of like that time. And like, you can come up with something, even if it's not something you were prepared for. So I think if you're going to your first interviews, if you're just starting, like don't take it personally, if you don't get the job or if it's awkward and like you stumble because like no one expects you to be perfect right away. Mm-hmm. And if it's, if it doesn't happen for you right away, like don't be discouraged because mm-hmm. it takes time. No, it took me, I- it took me a minute. For the, for the interview I had at LA fitness, it was horrible. It was completely horrible. And I didn't, when I first walked out, I didn't know why I was like, I'm just dumb. I think I'm broken, (laughs) but I think it's important to review your interviews Mm -hmm. and why you felt might've felt uncomfortable or why, you you know, I'm trying to like review what happened. And I I did that. I, I think I did a good job with that when I interviewed for colleges, but I didn't get to do a good job of that when I interviewed for like actual professional roles because I just thought, oh, well, it sucked and I suck and that's it. And I wanted wanted to forget about it. (laughs) I think something that's like important is like, you can't let a question shake you. You can't let something shake you. Like, like don't let them see you sweat. Like, honestly, you mess up a question, you mess up a question. I make jokes about it. I'll acknowledge it. And then we move on. I'm not perfect. I'm not going to answer every single one of these questions perfectly. And I don't expect myself to. So like, you really can't let that dictate how your interview is going to go. Because if that first question is one that you weren't prepared for, then like, you're fucked, right? So yeah. like, you can't do that. Like Omar said, he was talking about how he did that technical interview where he like, <laughs> could not answer the problem they gave him yeah. at all. And he was like, okay, deviating from this. Uh, tell me where you went to school. Like he like tried to like salvage it. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you need to be confident enough to know if you mess up, it's okay. It's not going to tank your interview. Like one question won't kill you and just keep moving forward and take every interview you can. So like Vader's big on like, uh, there's a lot of jobs I didn't want to go to interview for. Cause like, I was like, I don't want it. Like, I don't want that 
that job. And he's like, every interview is experience and every interview will make you better at the next interview. So even if you don't want the job, you need to go. He's like, and the ones that you don't want the job are the best ones to do because you can, you can be real bold and you can try new answers to new things and you can, you feel less stressed out because you're not as worried about getting the job. So it's a great way to practice. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying apply for jobs you don't want, but I'm saying if you <laughs> apply for a bunch of jobs and like one of them you don't want to go to, like still take the interview mm-hmm. and review tape. Like in track, we had like review film, like, you know, like that's how you get better. Like you, I get home from an interview, I write down the questions and I write down my answers. And like, I think about how I could have done better. And like, I don't like, you're stupid, like you're dumb, you mess this up. But like the Instagram thing, I was like, okay, always check social media. Like you, you start putting together a list Mm -hmm. of like what you should and shouldn't do. It helps a lot. And then one last thing, I just thought of it. That my brother, he did, he, my brother, who we just had on the last podcast, he told me one time he did a public speaking course. One of the exercises that they had him do, which I try sometimes and I still suck at it, but it seems really good for improvisation, is you, you start a story, right? Mm-hmm. Like Timmy is walking down the street and he sees a sailboat and then he gets on the sailboat. And then I think at, he said, I think after 30 seconds, I can't remember exactly. I should have, I should have brushed up on this. <laughs> after 30 seconds, <laughs> you flip a coin and if it's heads, you keep going with your story. And if it's tails, you have to do the last part you just said over again, like re, totally reroute it. And he said it, he said it worked wonders for him on mm-hmm. improvisation and storytelling and being able to think on your toes, which I think, for example, in an interview, if you get a question that you weren't prepared for, you're gonna have to think on your toes. And so that might be a, an easy exercise yeah. that people can do to try and practice that skill. Too. I think. I think that's a good Oh, to oh, last thing. Oh, last I keep thing. forgetting to say this. Okay, last thing. When we talked about networking, we talked about listening to the other person and not, you know, making it the alley show, right? Because like when you're having a conversation with you're trying to build a network, you want like a connection, a friendship, a good relationship, right? Mm-hmm. When you go to an interview, that is when you talk exclusively about yourself. You unabashedly hype yourself up you do not need to hold back on making it the alley show, right? So mm-hmm. like I was a division one athlete. I ranked third in the hammer. I like, I, I would talk about all of these amazing things I did and it's totally okay to do that. Like, don't feel like you're bragging. Don't feel like you're, you know, like overstepping or like you're being like, ugh, gross. Like they want to hear about all these amazing things you're doing. Don't be afraid to talk. You're like, hype yourself up. Hype yourself up. Like in, in an interview, that is the time to just be like, I'm the best. Here's why. I think that's a good place to end. That's a good place to cut it. Yeah, I think I think that's all my stuff. Thanks for tuning in to the BS in Life podcast. Me and Allie went over interview tips, interview skills, and tactics that we both think are important for an interview. Hopefully, we got <laughs> you guys got something good and something valuable out of this uh, episode. Shout out Patrick Sohaki for our intro music. It is still amazing, and we still love it. Even though I don't know if he knows me, shout him out. I'm gonna message him. Anyway, Patrick Sohaki, if you want to follow us on Instagram, follow the BS in Life pod. Follow me and Allie's blogs, Allie at AllieMegan.com and me at JohnDickinson.me. And most importantly, please like, follow, and subscribe to our podcast on Apple yes. Music or Spotify. Yes. If you're listening on Apple Music, go ahead and drop a five-star review for this five-star information that you're getting. If you leave a five-star review, an actual comment, we'll read it on the podcast. Ooh, we'll wait. Okay, that could get real dangerous because we'll, we'll, our friends would definitely mess with us. <laughs> well. For now, we'll do it. If someone messes okay. it up and ruins it for everybody, we'll let you guys know. <laughs> but yeah, if you, if you, uh, if you give us five stars, we'll we'll definitely read it on the pod. Yeah, we'll read it and give you a little shout out. <laughs> Is that, I think that's everything. That's everything. Lit. See you next week. Peace.